This is going to be one of the more fun shows to do all year. 5-1 Sabres over the Leafs. Let's have some fun with it here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. How about them Sabres? 5-1 over the Leafs? Is this the best game of the year for them? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I, I don't really have too many complaints about it. Um, I mean, my one complaint is they are, what, 18-30-8 and eight or something? Okay, well we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it optimistic today. Don't oh, we're, hear the we're, record. We're the optimistic hear... show today. This is the optimistic show. We made the Leafs suffer. If you right now, this is right after the game ended. <laughs> that is good. And I am just in Steve Dangle's mentions. I'm like not specifically me. Like I'm not tweeting at him, but he tweeted LFR tonight. LFR questions? Question mark. I don't know what LFR stands for though. Leafs something something. Uh, Leafs effed up. No, but that doesn't make sense because it's an R at the end. What does LFR mean? But whatever it is, it's got everyone responding on Leafs Twitter just with anger about the coach and the goalie. Peter Morazic is not very well liked in Toronto tonight. That's for sure. If they want, they could have a Craig Anderson. Sure, we'll swap. You, you want Anderson? They traded for Carter Hutton days ago. Give, so us, it's a, not give like, us a draft pick. And- yeah. Fine. Uh, they got blown out by Montreal recently. I think a few games ago, they won a 10, seven, 10, eight game recently. So they've been giving up a lot of goals and they give up five tonight to the Sabres. We'll go through a bunch of the goals that happened. We'll go through the store, the score sheet, the stats, but do you have this angst against the Leafs? Like I watched tonight's game and I'm loving it because it's always something about Toronto. Maybe it's a, it's a bit of that like big brother syndrome. That you that Saber fans have with the Leafs, and it's like, yeah, I know you're better than me, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very, um, very happy. That's not the word I want, but I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna sip some scotch and smoke a cigar every time the Sabers are beating the Leafs. Like that's how I treat that game every time, even when the Sabers are whatever you said they were, eighteen thirty-five and whatever. Yeah, I didn't I didn't necessarily feel that. I enjoyed the game cuz they played really well and I was happy for them. Um but like I think Rob Rob Ray said it at the end of the at the end of the broadcast where he was talking about how it's like, you know, the Sabres have their record, but beating the Leafs makes it all worthwhile. And my first thought honestly was really Makes it all <laughs> worthwhile. Mm-hmm. All this is <laughs> worth it now because because we won five one. <laughs> uh, but I know what he meant. Like it's a lot of Sabres fans probably feel that sentiment though, like you do. Like I think that I get what he was meant to meant by it. Yeah, is that listen? Like anytime you beat these guys, it feels awesome. Um, and beating them the way you did, where it wasn't even close. Um is just great. Like the Sabres had great performances from a lot of guys and um, 
you know, getting a complete effort like that is is rare for a team that struggles the way they do and is building the way they are. Um, so getting that and getting that against um, a team like Toronto, which a lot of fans despise, um, mm-hmm. is very nice. Is there any joy, maybe not even necessarily in terms of Leafs hate, but kind of just like we do this a lot with sports, me and you specifically. Like if we see something that's never happened before or somebody that just can't get out of their own way, like that's funny to us. And like to me, if the Leafs end up playing a Tampa or a Florida in round one, and like these games are big for Toronto, like this game tonight dropping two points, they are in a race for their for the Atlantic division. They are two points back of Tampa for first place. They're one point back of Florida. And given that they've lost five straight years in the opening round of the postseason, uh, they're probably not going to want to play the Lightning, who are two-time Stanley Cup champions, the best-built team I've ever seen in the NHL. And they probably don't want to play Florida, who now runs four lines deep, and they're arguably the best team in hockey. Whereas if they win the division, they could play Boston, who is not the same this year at all, or Washington, who is falling flat on their face recently. Like, to me, I almost kind of want to see them suffer, not just because of any you know, dislike towards them, but just it'll be so funny if a team that with that expectations in that market loses for a sixth straight year in the opening round of the playoffs. And anything that makes that more likely, I feel like I'm rooting for. So I, I, I guess tonight I look at it and think, good, because I don't want them to win the division because I want them to lose in the first round. So I'm glad the Sabres won, you know? Oh, for sure. I think. Uh, I just don't have, for some reason, I don't have the hatred for the Leafs. I've never been to a Sabres Leafs game, so I think that that oh, man. that is that is part of it. Like I haven't experienced truly what a Leafs fan is. Um, mm-hmm. Usually, my my view of a Leafs fan is they they have a lot of pain themselves. <laughs> like they deal with a lot of they deal with a lot of suffering themselves. So I don't really I don't really feel that from for Leafs fans. Um, but I, I imagine if I've gotten the real thing, it mm. would be, it would be tough. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like I, it's just a game to me. Mm. Um, but I mean, like I said, if you were looking at it from the Sabres perspective, it's an awesome win because they played great and not really much that I can say about it. I, I do also think though, the Leafs played pretty bad. Yeah, me too. I mean, every time the Thompson uh, talk Skinner line was out there, it felt like they were trapping Toronto in their own end. They were generating chances. They scored goals. Skinner had the finish on that breakaway late. Thompson had the goal right before that to make it three to one. So they were capitalizing on their opportunities. The Krebs Asplin Olsen line actually, funny enough, was even better than them in terms of scoring chances and expected goals for. The Krebs line was at 74.8% with Asplund and Olsen, and then Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner were at 66%. Amazing that even when – this what, what was uh, Anthony Chandra's tweet from Expected Buffalo? He tweeted after the game, only the Eakin line could manage a 9% expected goals for rate when his team bleep pumps one of the best teams in hockey. Uh, the Eakin line was brutal, but the other three lines were great. I thought Samuelson was awesome tonight. Samuelson got matched up with the Matthews line. There was one play I remember from the first period where Matthews torched him. 
Matthews went outside, inside. He cut to the middle. He deked Samuelson out of his skates. And the one criticism I've always had of Samuelson, even going back to when they drafted him and I didn't like didn't like him as a prospect, was I think I've said that he has he has bricks attached to his feet. Like he's just slow moving. And that dude took one step back to the middle of the ice. And with his length and that one power stride, he made up the ground that Matthews had just earned on him. He got his stick in the lane right in Matthews wheelhouse and the puck deflected and went out of play in a score in a prime scoring opportunity for Matthews who was first in the NHL in goals. So I thought Samuelson was awesome tonight. Bryson had a good game tonight. Darlene was good. Like blue line wise, I, I mentioned the forward groups and their expected goals for, but like the blue line, they were all awesome tonight. I thought. Yeah. And it's been a blue line that has been in and out guys. We've, lost guys here or there throughout the entire season. Um, and, yeah. you know, like these young guys have been called upon to step up. And overall, I don't think, like, I think I think Samuelson, of all of them, seems like the most likely to be a mainstay. Yeah. Um, I think Fitzgerald has moments, but mm-hmm. not, not the most consistent. He's probably a fringe NHLer at best. Like, I just think he's going to be that type of guy. Um, whereas Samuelson, I think, is one of those guys that you probably want to keep around. I think that he's gotten better mm-hmm. as the season's gone on, um, more more confident. Um, so you like to see that. You like to see that for the young guys. And Fitzgerald, I think, also could be, like, one of those players that still rises. I mean, he's he hasn't had a ton of NHL experience yet, so right. I don't think it's fair to call him out too much on that uh samuelson when the sabers were on the ice tonight uh excuse me the sabers when samuelson was on the ice tonight 10 scoring chances for five against a 68 percent expected goals for rate he played 18 minutes even strength out there uh 1845 time on ice so i guess he really didn't play much at all in special teams great game from him dalene had a great game i had a tweet that i hope is not gonna i've realized after the fact that it might rub a couple people the wrong way when I tweeted that uh, Darlene is going to win over some of the curmudgeons <laughs> at the end when he was getting, going after Pierre Engvall. Um, but like, I, I listen, there's a place for that stuff. I usually kind of roll my eyes at it as being valuable, but I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it at the same time. I've not, not put any stock in its value, but I do enjoy like Darlene at the end. Like maybe you want to speak on that. Like him, like, that's what you want, I think. From a Am I the curmudgeon? That I, you're not, though. You're, you're not a curmudgeon, <laughs> but I think you might. I feel like you might put a little more stock in that than I would. I do because it's Darlene. Okay, fair. Like I like if Cody Eakin did it, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't blink at it. But because it's Darlene, a player that has been maybe criticized for not being physical, not being tough. Mm-hmm. Like I think it it shows more of him and more of what he can be at his fullest, where he could be a guy that can play physical. Now I never want him taking a penalty minute in his life. I don't want him getting a penalty yeah. ever or fighting somebody. No chance. But somebody that stands up for himself, um, I expect the Sabers to stand up for him. But somebody that can stand up for himself, I think he's gotten a lot tougher and more physical um yeah especially this year um he looks he looks he looks physically larger than what he's been 
Um, so you definitely tell that he bulked up a bit. Um, and yeah, like, I think that it's important. Like, I think it's something that like, it, I think it does matter to a point for the guys that are like him, where they've been criticized for that, not being a part of their game. Yeah. And it was standing up for his goaltender there too. Like Engvall who's a big man, by the way, we're talking six foot four. Uh, what's his listed weight? Uh, I'll get it for you, but either way, six foot four, he's a big guy at two fifteen. 6'5", 215 is his listed size. And, like, he bumps into Anderson at the end there, and Darlene's, like, right after him. And Darlene backs him up, pushes him all the way into the boards. The scrum ensues. Um, So it was standing up for a teammate there as well. He was awesome the whole game. That first goal, that the Rasmus Asplund goal, Darlene, the zone entry was perfect. Marty Baran did a great breakdown of it in the intermission where Darlene, like, he knows his angle so well that even his dump-in, his dump-in had a, a game plan to it where he had to draw the, the center iceman, I think it was Tavares on the play, towards him so that he could shoot the puck along the right boards, get it along the wall. That way, Alex Tuck was going to get there first. Or not Alex Tuck, Victor Olofsson, whoever it was. He knew his teammate would get there first if he drew Tavares in a little bit. And he did that. And then he's cycling around. He makes like three passes in that shift to keep the possession alive and then ultimately gets the pass across the ice that results in the shot that then leads to the rebound and then the goal. Dalene, I think he got an assist on the play. I mean, you should have gave him like four assists on that play for like creating the zone entry, keeping the play alive more than once, making the pass that sets up the scoring opportunity and he ends up, the Sabres end up scoring on it and getting the the early lead. I mean, that play itself, Dalene was awesome all night, I thought. Bryson was good too, playing on the top pair. I mean, I don't need him playing on the top pair much. I mean, Henry Yoki, how are you being out is the reason that Bryson's even on that pair. Uh, but I thought he did really well in his limited opportunity there. Uh, other stats from tonight's game, Asplund with an assist on that original goal. I just talked about Dylan cousins two assists. Olison was the one on the goal. Sorry. Not, not Asplund. I think I said that earlier. Uh, middle stat with an assist goals by Kyle Poso. Victor Olofsson, Jeff Skinner, and Tage Thompson. We'll talk a little bit about them when we come back. Skinner added an assist as well. Alex Tuck gets an assist. And then Craig Anderson with 29 saves on 30 shots against. Rasmus Sandin, the only Leaf that got on the score sheet tonight. And Peter Mrazek, 26 saves on 31 shots. I want to bet tonight that I want to tell you about. We'll go through a couple of other things from tonight's game, and we'll spin the wheel of blue and gold for Friday's game against the Minnesota Wild. Talk a little bit about that matchup as well. Coming up here on Locked on Sabres. Football season might be over, but basketball and hockey are in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to be, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the number one, the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season as well. And it's not just basketball and hockey. BetOnline.net, your source for boxing and UFC odds as well. Head to their website today or use their mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. And go make your next listen, Locked on Now. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I had the under tonight. Under six and a half goals. Look at you. Six and a half goals. 
That I never see that. It was that plus- must have scared you. I think when the Sabers started pouring it on, they made me real nervous at the end. They had a couple shifts with like three minutes to go, up five one, where they were threatening. Alex Tuck had that shot that Mrazek made a, a blocker save on that got a lot of Bronx cheers. Um, is I, I wanted to bring up Thompson here. Thompson, of course, part of that line. They were creating chances at the end. I, I tweeted in the middle of the game that Thompson. I was thinking about like just his development and basically not only that it's so impressive, but that it's all happened really at the NHL level. Like all of that development is seemingly come in Buffalo. He had that little stretch in Rochester two years ago or last year, but for the most part, he's been playing here since he got traded and just the unprecedented nature of players in Buffalo and maybe sports in general that come that far after you already think you know what they are. Like, it doesn't happen a lot. So I I tweeted, the greatest player developments I've seen in Buffalo. Like, I only thought of two guys that I would put above Thompson for this. Maybe you have another one, or maybe you you would agree with this. That the only two players in Buffalo sports that I can think, like, they showed up, we all thought they were just good, or maybe okay, not even good at all, and then they just turned into stars. Josh Allen is easily number one. I mean... Easily yeah. number one. Maybe I mean, the easy. best in sports? Maybe. Maybe. Well, I mean, because he was drafted seventh overall. Like seventh overall. Somebody but, thought he was good. But through 32 games, like we didn't yeah. think no, I don't think not, not many people thought this was in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'll, we could fight on this on, a, on another another date. That's time, not even I, that's not even a fight. It's just no, like no, Jokic, yeah. Nikola Jokic is the one I want to nominate for that in, in sports in general. Um mm. Number two, I tweeted, was Brian Campbell. And it's a long time ago, and we're young for this. But what I remember about Brian Campbell growing up, you know, before 05, 06, was he was just a guy. He was a third-pair defenseman. He was back and forth between Buffalo and Rochester for several years, like three, four seasons. He is just kind of, like, he's kind of floating around. He's a, he's a spare part. He's a seventh defenseman. Boom, out of the lockout, he's an all-star. Like, where did that come from? Like, one of those. Like, where the hell did that come from? Brian Campbell becoming a premier defenseman in the NHL. That, for me, was number two. And then I think Thompson, is it right to say he's in that company? Maybe not with Allen, because Allen's the best in the sport, and Thompson is not that. But he's gone from afterthought prospect to the dude is now, after tonight, on a stretch of nine goals in nine games after scoring tonight. 22 goals in the season, a 37-goal pace. I feel like it's fair to put him in that company and in that conversation right now. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that it's... Um, I, I it's, It is remarkable how much he's, he's turned things around. And it seems like his fixes have been not too crazy. Like, the thing that they keep mentioning um, on, on the broadcast, which I think is good to mention is that he just kind of, he shoots faster. He, he makes decisions quicker. Yeah. Like he just not, not, I didn't mean like his shot is harder, even though it might be. Um, but like, I mean, like he, he will just choose to fire a shot faster. And as a result, like he gets more opportunities to score. Um, but I, I know there's more to it as well. Like he's playing center. He's in open spaces. Um, He's seemed to just like be far more comfortable out there. He just sees the game better. Um, mm. So there is like, there is a lot of that. And I think that it's, um, 
But once again, he's like a he's a he was a first round pick, so there's yeah. some level of like there was potential there. But I think you need the like the potential, of course, would be there. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to get this type of skyrocketing of, of ability. Hmm. Um, I got some comments from in the post game locker room. I agree with all that on Thompson, by the way. Uh, Rasmus Sandin, who scored the only goal for Toronto tonight, their defenseman said, "Quote Buffalo, no disrespect to them, but that's a team we should beat." I'm not going to get upset over that. That's kind of fair. They should beat us. He did say no disrespect to them. But he mm, that's one of those where you say it, but it's like no disrespect to them. But the, let me let the, me disrespect them. What is that Talladega Knights? With all due why well, I said with all due respect. Doesn't mean you can <laughs> say whatever you want to say to me. <laughs> with all that's that's right. Uh Sheldon Keefe, how do you assess that one? It was terrible from start to finish. He's getting bombarded a little bit because he apparently said after Montreal that they needed a game like that. It was a wake-up call game, and all the Leafs fans are going, so what was this one, Sheldon? <laughs> was this another wake-up call? I, I thought you were awake. Um, How do you not wake up from, like, barely beating a team 10-8? to 8? I know. I know. <laughs> they I love it. Them. I love it. It was a great game to watch. It was it's always fun. Um, they are going to be back at it, Sabres and Leafs, a week from Sunday for the heritage classic in Hamilton. They just started putting the ice together today. Actually, it Notably looks cool. A Sabres home game. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that. You know, what's going to do that game. It's mm-hmm. going to artificially rise the Sabres attendance. I thought about season. that today too. Yeah. yeah. That's like kind of crap. Not, but not like a crazy <laughs> amount. It's not like if they were playing at the Ralph, if they were playing at, at new air, new air field, what, what is it? Highmark stadium now? Jesus. Um, yeah. If they were playing there and it was 65,000 people, you know, that would boost it a lot more than CFL stadium is 25,000, 30,000. It's not a crazy number that's going to jump it. But I mean, we're talking three weeks worth of attendance in one game. Um, I've actually taken a lot of like some pride in the fact that like our, our crowds are so bad. Like I was looking at like the attendance, like, the Sabres crowds are worse on average than like Calgary and Winnipeg, which have had COVID restrictions until like now. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, tonight. That's crazy. Tonight was Toronto's first game uh, with fans back in attendance, a full building. They weren't, they, they weren't much of a factor. They got booed off the ice. Um, well, I mean, like, the, the I mean, like stuff. at the beginning of the game, they were kind of lame too. Wow. Jordan Hanskin. They were kind of lame. Quote, they're, fans. A, they're, a, they're a bougie crowd. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, no. not, they're not very they're not very rough and tumble. No, the suits are who go to the games in Toronto, the suit, right? <laughs> the suits. The suits go. Yeah. So you want to complain? Maybe you didn't spark the guys. Keith Keith is not bailing out his goaltender, by the way, in post game right now. Quote, mm-hmm. maybe we need to get a save or two in there. That's the goalie's job. <laughs> Poor Mrazic, man. It's never, it's never Sheldon Keefe's fault, though. Oh my god! Oh wow! So we're going there now. It's, it's you're you're putting the. I mean, well, listen, isn't it time? Isn't that isn't that that time? If you if you go to the this, blame the blame clock, it's coach time. This is what the blame clock is good. This is why I root against them for the play with the playoffs in mind. It is what happens if they lose a sixth straight year in the first round. 
who pays for it? We thought last year someone would fall on the sword, and they decided now we're going to keep going. But if it happens again, is oh. you're right. Like they they now that because they didn't do anything last year, I thought Willie Nylander might be the guy that falls on the sword. He didn't. Now it could be Keith because year three, like you could be fired after year three, even if you're having this much success in the regular season. These so maybe he is in trouble. These get smoked by the Panthers. Oh, I hope they do so bad. I want them to get rolled in the first everybody, round. Just, everybody just in the crowd see. is getting free parking. Yeah, <laughs> right. In playoff games. Just to see what would happen. I want to see that. I want to see all that. I want to see all that. Um, all right, let's spin the wheel of blue and gold before we get out of here for Friday's game, Sabres and Minnesota Wild. I'm excited to see the Wild, by the way. The Wild have been good. I'll preview them more on uh, an upcoming episode here. What's today? Uh, Thursday. So next, so tomorrow's episode. Tomorrow's episode, uh, we'll preview. I'll preview Sabres and Wild. Um, I think the Wild are very good. I think they are one of the better teams in the West. Kirill Kaprizov is one of the best players, I think, in that entire conference right now. Uh, so if you haven't watched a lot of the wild, I think they're not your, your typical wild team that are kind of boring. They're kind of just there. Like they're good, but nothing really exciting. They're dynamic. They're fun. They're fast. They're young. Um, so I'm excited for this game, uh, around cause they used to be the opposite of all those things. Like, two oh years yeah, ago. they were like one of the most boring sports franchises. I feel like in all of sports <laughs> that also weren't terrible, you know, and they look like Christmas trees. I hate their uniforms still to this day. Uh, Jordan's first spin. Let's see what it comes up as. He, of course, will get to spin again if he wants. Um, ooh, that's my fault. Hold on. You're going to get another spin. This is, is a terrible job by me. Mark Jankowski. Mark Jankowski. He's not playing. He's not playing. He has not been playing for the Sabres. Let mm-hmm. me go through real quick. Make sure I got everybody in here that needs to be. Uh, Cody Eakin is in there. Yep. I think I got them all. Oh, Casey Fitzgerald. That's, that's who... I need to add that I did not have in here. Okay. Uh, back to the, back to the board. You can watch on YouTube, by the way, this happening. If you want to check us out on our YouTube channel, not just on Spotify or whatnot. Ooh, Sabres alum. Sabres alum for Friday night. Let's take a look at the NHL schedule. Jordan gets to pick one NHL alum oh. or, or you can choose to spin again. Let me let me take a quick look at Friday. Okay, so tomorrow night's game, Hurricanes Capitals, you got nothing there. Wild and Flyers. Rasmus Ristolainen, you could have. Uh Senators and Panthers, Ottawa, Tyler Ennis. Uh Tyler Ennis and then you've got Sam Reinhart for the Panthers. Reinhardt. You've got Evan Rodriguez for the Penguins going head to head with the Lightning. Who do they have Zach Bogosian still, or is he on Toronto? Not they're gonna pick him anyway. Uh Canucks and Islanders. I don't think you got anybody there. Chicago and Edmonton, nobody there. Montreal and Calgary, Paul Byron, if you want him. You've got or the do Gold- I do I want Eichel? Golden Knights hosting the Bruins. You could have Eichel against the Bruins. Or finally, Avalanche Coyotes. You could have Johan Larson if you want. Give me give me Reinhardt against Ottawa. Reinhardt against Ottawa. Eichel does only have one goal so far back for Vegas. They're also Bust. losing. They're like two and four since he's returned. Fraud. <laughs> he's... All right. So Sam Reinhardt is the player for uh, Jordan. Uh, I will. Michael was probably today. the pick, but it's I don't know. Uh, like I, I, they're playing Ottawa, so they should score a lot. I got Casey Fitzgerald. I would have picked Reinhardt too if I did. I'm gonna spin again. I think I could do better and even maybe a lot better than Casey Fitzgerald. He might be one of the worst guys to have. 
And I get Robert Hag. That's not great. Yeah. That's not great. Robert Hag. One goal in the season. I'll feel bad, though, if Reinhardt doesn't score and Robert Hag does. That's right. But That'd you also. But we'll, but we get a Robert Hag goal, which would probably be awesome. Listen, you've got a guy with 18 goals. I got a guy with one goal. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the downside of feeling worse if you end up losing because you're much more likely to win. <laughs> so, all right, that's it for Locked On Sabres. We are going to get out of here. Sabres and Wild are coming up next on Friday. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Check out hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone. They help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you tomorrow here on Locked On Sabres.